why, why are old Jewish people so rude? <laughs> now I'm paraphrasing it. I'm going to paraphrase. Why are Jews so rude? Meaning, I mean, obviously there's an assumption there that Jews are rude. But um, what's up with Jewish people? And the way, primarily, the way we relate to, um, to non-Jewish people and to people who are not religious. Meaning, all people are human and they've all got some kind of uh, soul and they're all created in the image of God, under one God. And why would you think of yourself as being superior to anybody else? I think we like to sometimes think of ourselves as a little bit superior. Whether we are or not is a different conversation. But uh, that is the case in a way. And I think part of what um, we can add over here to this question is um, why is like, the Jewish way of life so exclusive and so uh, um, you know, full of itself, basically, in a certain sense? Meaning that Jewish values are are nice, but um, somehow the way they taught is problematic. And perhaps as the question over here comes up is that, um, well, the way we get taught in school often seems to be, well, it seems to get you to, to uh, dislike the rules. And gosh, and the best way to, uh, he pushed away from Judaism appears to be go to school and learn about Judaism in school and then you can hate it thoroughly. So that's what I have over here. Any thoughts, anyone? What's the question there and uh, is that relevant to anybody else who wants to chime in? Yeah? Yeah, I feel like um, we're supposed to have a guy at the Kedusha, right? But some people take it a little bit too far. And um, it's right. not, cause not necessarily, and everyone like, yeah, we have certain Mahalach, but that are supposed to be according to the Torah. But who says that, like, yeah, this person might be doing the Mahalach, but not in the, for, like, for the Torah. Right, so are we sometimes arrogant just because we're arrogant and not because we have reason like if, like to be if, so? Like if, like if, some, um, if like somebody's driving or, like, I don't know, and they're like, oh, no, it's fine, I cut him off, he's a, he's a guy, I don't know. Like, or like, or, or if you're, like, when people say, like, I mean, I do it too sometimes, like, I, uh, a guy shook up, you know? It's like a little bit like, you know, I mean, I, I where does that stem from? Is it a guy with a or is that, I don't know. Or, or is it called racism? <laughs> <laughs> no, for, like, for whites also. For yeah, no, the Jewish race, that's all. Not, we're, we're uh, you know, sometimes, what do we call us? Um, equal opportunity lenders. We hate everyone equally. <laughs> we don't hate everyone, but we, yeah. Hey, what? Is it coming, is it coming from <coughs> a place of, like, general initial trauma, where, like, oh, maybe if we, like... No, or maybe it's just something very simple. We like to be tribal, whatever that tribe is, and you like to kind of, like, incorporate people in your tribe. Anyone who doesn't belong to your tribe is out there. And maybe everyone does this. I was once standing on, uh, I went to visit the, a uh, bunch of years ago, the um, Grand Canyon, and looking at this beautiful view of the Grand Canyon, I 
I saw, we were with a family of a bunch of kids, you know, my kids that is, and there were a lot of them. And next to us was a family with a lot of kids. And we were looking at them like, wow, that's interesting. So um, we went over to them and said, what's up with all the kids? <laughs> like, wow, good question. So they said, well, we are Mormons. And I'm like, that's interesting. And then they explained to us that they're actually not Mormons, they're ex-Mormons, meaning they went off the path, they went off the derech. Um, and one of the reasons they left Mormonism was, I was like, was because eh, they're so full of themselves, and they so like they look at everyone else with disdain and they like arrogance of this this own self and whoever belongs to our tribe and everything. I was like, wow, everything you're saying over there, you could put yourself into a a religious neighborhood and you would say exactly the same thing. Like it sounds exactly the same thing. Except every time they said Jewish, they said Mormon. That was the sole difference. But they had the same issue, basically. Yeah. Right. Where we are better, like you are the but, chosen people. But I feel like it's also how you act on that. Like, like you can't look down at someone just because you're Jewish. You could think, oh, I, I am better, but you're not meant to like act on it. Like, you could be better, but not really better. No, no, you could be better, but just like it's also like good to be respectful of everybody. Like, not right. Can you be basically uh, the chosen people and yet still be? Maybe it's not embarrassing to be the chosen people. Maybe it's okay to be the chosen people and you still shouldn't be rude. And there's some middle ground. Yep, okay. Two more. Um, I have the opposite problem. I've never understood like the idea that we're better than the Gaia because I just, like, yeah, we're better. It's maybe because we have the Torah, so it's easier for us to learn things and have the truth, but us as people, I don't see how we're so different. Right. What is the difference between a Jew and Lahavdil non-Jew? It's your question, right? Besides for like Besides external that, things. Yeah. Like, if you have a good upbringing and you have a good family life and a good social scene and setting and we, we definitely have a, a very moral code of conduct, no doubt about it, but is it really better? Okay, last one, then we'll move on. We'll come back to some more questions later. Yeah. If what? Where, uh, as with every group of people, right, they each have their own, and uh, their own I am better, right? Right. Because it's called being tribal. Yeah. We like to be tribal so that we can have an identity because so the world is too big to be part of everything. Right. But I don't think it's. I don't think it's. That's okay. A Jewish thing. I think uh, because we're in, you know, we, we are Jewish and we see them. Uh, right. Um, There's something unique. Other, okay. Great, let's bounce off that and see if we can continue the conversation. First of all, what does it mean, question one, to be the chosen people? Now let's contrast that, right, with, I hate to use the example, it's really <coughs> the most vile, disgusting example ever, but I'll use it anyway. There was a people, right, who considered themselves superior to everybody else. They considered their race to be the superior race. You know who they were? Hmm? The Aryan race. The Aryan race declared that we are the superior race. Right? Now let's first and foremost distinguish between what we say about being the chosen nation versus what they say about being, what they said about being the chosen race. The difference is very simple. There is a story of the, um, the two little kids who were playing and 
basically the one was, his name was Rabbi Zalman Aharon, and the other one was Rabbi Shalom Bear. One was to become a Rebbe and his brother, and they were having a, a fight between them. <coughs> None of fight. They were, playing a, they were playing a game. So how do kids play? The problem was that the older brother was shorter. Now, you know it's like to be older and shorter? It is like, it's, you know, a terrible calamity. So they were playing a game, and the older brother was older, so he was more mature. So he said to the younger brother, to Sean Barry, he says, you go, they were both like five and six years old. He says, you stand over here, and he put him inside a ditch. And he was inside the pit, and he says, now look who's taller. But he went like that, see? I'm taller than you. So their father, who was the Rebbe Maharaj, called them both over, and he said, let me just say, tell you something. It's okay to, make it, to, to be taller than the other guy. But if you want to be taller than the other guy, the approach should be make yourself taller and don't make the other guy shorter. That's the difference. The Lahavdil, the Aryans, what they said was, well, there's such a thing called a human being. What's a human being? A human being is someone who deserves to be treated with normal, common human decency and respect. And anyone, who's, anyone else is not part of the Aryan race should not be treated with like a human being. And it should be treated worse than a dog. Which is why this so-called cultured society, which had civil laws of cruelty to animals, you get it? They had a law of how to treat a dog. If you were caught treating a, mistreating a dog, you were, I guess rightfully so, you, it's not nice, you can't smack up a dog and hit him and whatever, right? Can't just be cruel to an animal. The same exact individual had a job that day in a concentration camp. And no comment on that. How do you create a society that has cruelty to animals in law, etched in law, but at the same time creates concentration camps? The answer is they had a warped view on what it means to be, um, to be a superior race. Yes? Right, like Jews are a little bit different. Okay, good question. So let's first deal between Jews and Lahavdil non-Jews, and then we'll get within Jews itself. Okay, so now, so what we say as a Jewish people is this. We look at everybody else and we say, we want you to realize that we are going to treat you with absolute humanity, which means whatever you consider to be a human being, that's what I am going to view you as, right? So an Aryan, Hashem Ishmo, will say, you are a subhuman race, right? That's what they said. Anyone who is of any Jewish race or whatever it is, etc., is subhuman. Subhuman means gas chambers. That's how they declared it. We Jews are no way saying anything near that and being rude falls into a similar category, which means, what does it mean to be a human being? Can we define, what would you say? Ask any person, any person out there, what does it mean to be a human being? What is the definition of a human being? What's the goal and the purpose of a human being? In a nutshell, yeah? <coughs> saying that there's a goal, but what is a human being? A person that could talk and, and breathe Walk and, and talk, whatever, and what's his goal? And what's the goal thoughts. of a human being? Yes, and what's the purpose? To make the best out of the situation, to... 
Survive. To, to survive and thrive, to do accomplish things, to do good in the world, to change the world, right? That's what a human being is out there for. We want every single person in the whole wide world, Jew and Lahabdil, non-Jew alike. What do we want them to do? We want them to be awesome and amazing and incredible and be able to change the world. Last week I went to Hanukkah to, uh, I went to light the menorah, so we went to the local precinct. So first we went to the 63rd precinct and it was very nice, you know, we did a lighting and there were a bunch of Jews there and um, they put on, it was still a bit of daytime, so they put on tefillin and they lit the menorah and it was very, very special. And then we went to another precinct and um, it was one Jew. When we came in, he went out, he went to a Hanukkah party. So uh, that was it. There was no one there. And I was like, now what? So we lit the menorah, okay, without a bracha, but we lit the menorah, and then spoke to all the non-Jewish people about what? About God, about the Hanukkah story, and how God took people and brought them up and, 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 and you know, had the, the many in the hands of the few, and the, 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 the strong in the, in the hands of the weak who were actually brave. And we explained to them the Hanukkah story and it's got a universal message and it's very powerful, the universal message. Because what we are supposed to do as, as Jews is be a light unto the nations, right? That's what we're meant to be doing. A light to the nations, which means we tell everyone, you have a special purpose. It's called the Sheva Mitzvah B'nai Noach, the seven Noahide laws. And you're meant to express them to everybody out there. Everybody's meant to know how special it is to be a human being. And whatever you want it to be, you have a purpose and a mission. And it's critical, by the way, critical. If you think we can avoid doing this, all the mass shootings that take place in the United States of America have a lot to do with having removed God from the education system. Because they don't talk about God, right? It's offensive to talk about God. It's forbidden to talk about God because um, there's separation of church and state in the United States of America, which is misinterpreted as take away religion. And it's not about taking away religion. What we want is they should talk about God. Yes, don't define God, meaning don't push, don't coerce anyone in any religion. That's America. But at the same time, is there a point to believe in God? On the American dollar, it says, in God we trust. That's the American dollar, official. Which means no one's coercing you in religion, but we do want everyone to have a connection to a higher power. Very, very, very powerful. And we have an important mission by us not to be rude to anyone, but actually to be, a, to be a, a light to everyone and to show, okay, what do you want to be? So I'm not putting you down. I'm picking you up to the highest pedestal you could ever expect. That's how we are supposed to treat non-Jews. When people are rude, when we are rude, it is a total gross misunderstanding of who we are. And it means we're not plugged in to who we are supposed to be. Because what it means is to be mindful of yourself. Now let's understand what this arrogance is supposed to be. It's not meant to be arrogant. It's supposed to be, like you said, a, um, in, in a Kedushadika way, right? It's supposed to be by Yigba Libay Hashem, to be elevated and to raise yourself in the ways of Hashem, as opposed to being arrogant and rude. So what is the power of a Jew? Well, here's what a Jew is, okay? A Jew is someone who has a Neshama, and he has a nefesh elikis, and he has a chelik elikam and mamish, a part of Hashem. Now, what's going on in Israel, and if you guys are familiar with it, but in Israel, there's a big, huge, giant problem today. Israel has a law of return. Anyone heard about it? Know about the law of return? Yeah? Yes, it means basically, it's a law that says that every single Jew, right, um, if you are Jewish, 
and you come to Israel, you can get citizenship immediately. In the United States of America, in order to get citizenship, you have to go through a whole process of a green card, naturalization. It's a long, arduous process. I know, because I did it twice. Um, I did it once, and then I didn't realize if you leave the country for a year, you lose it, so I do it again. Um, and yeah, it's not fun. And then you become naturalized, and you know, there's certain systems how to get it. If you go to the land of Israel, modern day Israel that is, you can get immediate citizenship. Now why is that law designed? Because the Jewish people had nowhere to go over all the ages, especially during the Holocaust, nowhere to run, and so they weren't accepted by anybody. Jews were left to burn. Why? Because no country was willing to accept them. So after the Holocaust, they decided, let's make a law to allow all Jews to come back, except for one little problem in the law of return. And that is, the law of return says that whatever Yimach Shmoy, Hitler, considered to be a Jew, that's what a definition of a Jew is, which means you can be one sixteenth Jewish. If you have a grandparent who is Jewish, you are considered to be Jewish. Any grandparent. You know what that means? That means that today, today, there's a war going on in Ukraine, Russians aren't happy either. Majority of the Russians and Ukrainians who, Ukrainians who are coming into Israel, there is no other country where they can get citizenship immediately under the law of return. So basically, if your grandfather, your father's father, maybe even further back, I'm not sure exactly how it works, if he was Jewish, then you are granted immediate um, citizenship in Israel. You follow? Yep. What? It doesn't have to be to the mother. So, the Torah says that there's only one way to become Jewish. What's the definition of a Jew? A Jewish mommy. That's it. Or halachically converted. That's how you become Jewish. But I went uh, this past summer, I was in South Africa, and I went over, we were in a beautiful place, and, um, and we went over to, you know, wherever I go, I took, I take my tefillin with me. So I went outside and I saw, um, in Cape Point, saw a bunch of, uh, I saw three girls, talking Hebrew and to a guy and I thought like wow Israelis so the girls well sorry not sure what to do there but I went over to say hi and then I looked at the guy and I said you know I have to film would you like to put on so the guy looks at me and he says Ani Goy <laughs> I was like what like you said like he's talking perfect Hebrew he was in the army and whatever Anigoi. What's Anigoi? My mother is a Colombian Goy. My mother comes from Colombia. Not Jewish in, by any stretch of the imagination. She came to live on a kibbutz. She, well, she found a guy and she married an Israeli. Father's Israeli. He served in the army, went through the whole system, talks a perfect Hebrew. I had in my house uh, over here a few months ago, like it was such a sorry state of affairs. There was a couple that came and she sat down. So she's becoming more religious. She sat down and she doesn't read Hebrew properly. She's American. And she was born in Russia and, or Ukraine, whatever. I mean, I shouldn't say whatever, that's what Putin says. Um, <laughs> but whatever. Um, so so uh, she's reading, she's looking at the benching. Her husband was helping him, her to bench. He was sitting over there showing her how to bench. You say this now, say that now, whatever, the whole thing showing at the bench, and I like, it was just a shocking experience, because understand that he is an Israeli, and he is not Jewish. She, so he's Israeli-Russian, and she's American. She can't read Hebrew, she can't do anything. She's Jewish, he's not. 
How do they meet? Very simple. There's some kind of uh, Facebook for Russians, and they went on the way. You see, like, um, like uh, classmates. So they learn together in class in a Hebrew school, in a Jewish Hebrew school back in Ukraine. And years later, they found each other. So she came from America to Israel, whatever, and she to visit him to, meet, so to say hi. They met, they dated, they whatever. He was already in the army. He had been to a school in Israel. We went through the whole system. His father's Jewish, his mother's a Goy. Her mother's Jewish, her father's a Goy. So she's Jewish, and he's not. But she says it's a horrible situation, because like every week, I have to make Abdullah, I have to make Kiddush, and I have to do all the things. And he shows me how to do it, and I don't know how to do it. So it's like, it's really ridiculous because he's Israeli and I'm not. That is the problem with the law of return. So it's a very sorry state of affairs. It's very much in, in, uh, in Israel now because they realize very quickly that we'll lose the country, the politics of the country forever. If another million non-Jews enter the, the thing, there'll never be another from government in Israel ever. So that's a big problem as to how to create it. But the Torah says that a Jew is someone who was born to a Jewish mother and that's it. Now, if we make a law of return which says that in order to get citizenship in Israel, you have to be a, a Jew born to a Jewish mother or halakhically converted. Is that racist and rude? Do you see the point? It looks very racist. You're saying Jews only. Yes, we are saying Jews only. We stick with each other. We stick to ourselves and we are not interested in other places. When the Israeli Prime Minister got on the... He went to the White House, on the lawn of the White House, about uh, 30 years ago, and he signed the peace treaty. So he said his words were, Lo yoter am No longer will a nation dwell on its own. And he signed the worst peace treaty ever with the Arabs. And then the next day, I was actually in Israel at the time, there were bus bombings one after another. Like... Jews were just being murdered in the streets by the hundreds and thousands all over, everywhere. Everywhere was what? Why? Because when, when the Jew doesn't understand who he is, so what happens is the guy is like he's all riled up, like what do I do with this guy? When a Jew is crystal clear on who he is and what he's about, then he gets respect from a guy, And that's the case of how we want to act. What we want to do is understand the power of what it means to be a Jew. We are not trying to be a part of the nations. We want to be separate from the nations. We want to be different. We want to create our own mini ghettos in a positive sense. Yes. We want to live among Jews and be part of Jews. But that doesn't mean to be rude to anyone. It means to be super respectful to the other guy and say, I'm respectful to you, but you are not a Jew. Meaning, you're not part of the family. I'm not marrying you. I'm not having anything to do with you. I'm not being connected to you. So sorry. But I give you the most respect ever. You get it? That's because Jews have an asham. So what we Jews are doing is not, we're not lowering the other person in any way. We're not diminishing the other person. What we're doing is elevating ourselves. A Jew is godly. A Jew represents Hashem. If you see a Jew on planet Earth, what you see is a representative of the divine, of Hashem. He has an Hashemah, he has a chelik, elikah, mimal, mamish, a part of God inside of him. So I ask you as another, someone else who's not Jewish, I say, what's a human being? Someone who's doing the seven mitzvahs b'nei noyach and, uh, and being a good person and it's wonderful. Those are great, amazing traits. But I am a Jew. And what does it mean to be a Jew? 
That means I am a divine being. I didn't lower you, I elevated myself. Yes, we are different. Very, not arrogant. We are very, what's a better word than arrogant? Proud. We are proud to be Jewish. We, are, and we understand what it means to be Jewish. What is the Torah? Studying Torah is appreciating what it means to be a Jew. Now let's, oh, you're on the same page, we're good. Now let's take that one step further, yes. I'm still confused on why we're better, just because Hashem chose us. Okay, Hashem didn't choose us. Let's get a better, well, He did choose us, but let's get a different, different understanding of it. Um, you belong to, let's say that a child, right, goes into his father's business. So his father owns a big company and he enters into the business. His father puts him, he says, okay, you're going to be the salesman in the company, saleswoman in the company. You're going to be all the way on the bottom. He, the father owns a chain of grocery stores. He says to his daughter, I want you to join me in the, in the grocery store. What are you going to do? You're going to work as a clerk, meaning you're going to be checking in people that out, right? And she goes inside there, right? Now, what is she really? She's, yeah, but what is she really? She's not a cashier. What is she? What? She's the daughter of the CEO. She's the owner of the company. She owns the company. Now, practically, she has a manager on top of her and a supervisor and people to answer up to. Yes, yes, and yes. But the truth is, everybody understands that very quickly she's going to go up, right, and rise up. Now, imagine the guy's been the manager there for 10 years and suddenly he sees this young lady come inside and before you know within a year she's already the manager and then she's rising up and I say hey, what about me what's the answer the answer is her father wants her to rise up in the company because it's his company so this is what Jews are Jews are Hashem's children I didn't put down anybody else but you are Hashem's child Hashem that's what it means to be the chosen you're Hashem's child you have the DNA of God only Jews have that. It's nothing to be, to be, uh, you know, to be, um, what's it called? Ashamed. Ashamed of. It's just what it means to be a Jew. You have an neshama. You have a chelek eleka mimal mamash, a part of God. Goyim don't have that. Does that make them subhuman? No, not in the slightest bit. You want me to prove it? Is that what it's about? What? Can you prove that Jews, like, like if, if, there was a Jew born amongst Gaim. Like, minus the fact that we have, like, different schools and different... Right. And that we have the Torah and mm -hmm. all that. At our essence, are Jews different? Like, if you had a Jew and a guy that were raised in the same way... Right. Would the Jews be better or whatever? Would be different, yes. Would be unhappy and, and uh, a Jew who doesn't get a chinuch is a problem. So let's, let's use that to... to um, segue into the question which you raised over there about Jews versus um, non-religious Jews versus religious Jews. So here we've got a problem. Okay, we've got a big problem. First of all, you know, we bring up religious Jews and non-religious Jews. There's a whole other question. One second, I'm answering your question. Okay, go. Why is talking about like specifically non-religious Jews? Other Jews. Like Jews in general, that, let's say like, they think they're more pro. Like, oh, good, okay. So that's what I'm going to bring up. Yes. So basically, we have a problem, a big problem, you know. Basically, anybody who's a little bit more, too much, a little bit too from, a little more than you, that's considered like a, a fanatic. Anybody who's a little bit less, 
is a frayak, you know, like that. That's what you mean? Like, you know, we, we, we like to kind of like, we pride ourselves on, oh, whatever you, and now there's many different segments and factions of Judaism. We like to, hmm, I'm the best. And what's amazing about, what's very positive about what's going on today is that all those walls are breaking down. It's a big problem for those who are trying to make walls because people are getting to see each other much more than they ever did before. In the old days, you could be locked up in your own place and you didn't know about anybody else and so you were only connected to your community. Nowadays, by definition, you're going to meet people from other communities. You're going to say, hey gosh, they're not so bad. <coughs> they're pretty nice, actually. So what makes me special and unique? And the answer is, there is nothing different between trying to be Svartic versus Babov versus Ger versus this type. Everyone's going to choose a path that they like and makes sense. And you've got to learn, and that's hard work, very hard work, to actually respect the other guy, even if they might be wrong on certain accounts. Talmidir of Yakiva, what did they die from? The 24,000 students, what were they dying from? You know what it was? Sinas Chinam. It was actually too much Avas Yisrael. When you look at the sun, it's dark, if you look too close. What they were doing was, they were so sure that their own way was, was perfect, that they like, the other guy, disdain. So they disrespect the other guy because, because what do you mean? I love you, I have to prove to you my point that I'm correct. It's, I was still gone wrong, in a way. Basically, if I, if I don't care about you, do what you want, I do whatever I want. If I care about you, I'm gonna push my point until you get it, whether you like it or not. Stubborn, like, have to be right type of thing? Yeah, well, it, it can be extra Abbas Yisrael, because remember, Rabbi Kiva told them But anyway, one second. So now, so there's nothing wrong with being your own person and being and, 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 have, and sticking to your own type of way of life. It's good. It's good to have a way of life. It's just not good to put down someone else in the process. But let's talk for a moment, um, see how much time we have, talk about non-religious people, because that's the easiest one. What is a non-religious person? What? You could be rude, right? Because, um, because they're not religious and they don't get it and they don't understand. So I have some news for you. I think that very often non-religious people are actually much more religious than anybody else. I had this experience in my sukkah this year. We sat around. There must have been about 30 people in, this, in the meal. And then I noticed that most of the people sitting around were Balchuba. So most of them had come from a non-religious background at some point. So I asked the question, I said, I went around, I said, you know, I want to go around the room, just tell us a story of how did you become religious? And um, so next to me, sitting right next to me, was my good friend, who's a, a former policeman. He's a lieutenant um, for many, many years, and his story is fascinating, one day I'll tell it to you, me later. And he's sitting there, and, um, you know, this guy, I think I told you the other day, but like a few weeks ago, he called me up because he needed challah for Shabbos. I'll tell you that story. No, so I mean, he called me up like it was Shabbos was 4.18, I think. He called me at 4.14. He said, I don't have any challah. I said, um, what? What do you mean? He said, we started, you know, my, my wife and I took upon myself, ourselves, she's Jewish also, and we're going to eat challah every, every Shabbos. So that's amazing. So no problem. I'll send you challah. Okay, I'll Uber it to you. No problem. He said, no, I'm coming to get it. I said, okay, how far are you? He says, I'm a, I'm a half hour drive. I'm like 4.14 to 4.18 plus 18 minutes. No, doesn't work out. Now I'm like, I'll Uber it to you. I can't do that either. He says, Rabbi, don't worry. I know the trick. I'm walking over to you. 
<laughs> I said, okay, delete. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> so uh, he, he, he came over. There was a two hours after Shabbos came in. And he sat by the meal. And then afterwards, uh, he took a couple of hours. And, and he left and whatever. I'm not asking any questions about that one. But he's sitting next to me in the thing. He doesn't keep anything. This guy, just to tell you, was in a shul on Yom Kippur one day. And he sat the whole day in shul. The whole day he sat in shul. Do you know what it's like sitting the whole day in shul when you don't understand one word of Hebrew? Not a word. And he sat the whole day. So in the break, he went outside. <coughs> and um, the guys heard him talking to his wife on the phone. And she said to him, 6.30, um, we're breaking the fast by my parents. He's like, 6.30 is still the fast. The rabbi said to me that the fast ends 7.37. He announced 7.37, the fast is over. So they break the fast early. So she said, I'm not coming. She says, if you don't come and you're not there on time, I'm not leaving you any food. And, uh, you know, you want anything to eat? He says, I don't need that food. I'll stop by on the way at McDonald's. I'll get my own food. <laughs> Do you get it? On Yom Kippur, he's talking about how he's not breaking the fast. No way. So the guy's sitting down and asked, how would you guys become religious? He starts first. He says, I became religious when, and I said to him, like, I said, it's amazing. You became religious? Like, wow. He looks at me like, he's like, what do you mean? So me, I'm thinking, you know, well, you drove here and you don't really keep much and whatever, you know. And he's like, Rabbi, you remember I had a bris? That's the good story part of it. He had a bris when he was 36 years old. I arranged that. Mm-hmm. And his eye bris was 36 years old. Would you have a bris when you were 36 years old? I'm like, Phew, eight days was tough, but you know, not 36, no. Um, he says, I, ever since I heard about Yom Kippur, which was since I came out of Russia in 1996, I heard about it, and since then I fast every Yom Kippur, the whole thing. And he's like, and... And he lists a few things that he does. And he says, and what is that considered about religious? And I said, my friend, I rest. You're 100% correct. You're right. I'm like, judgmental for no reason. You're right. You know, because, like, that's what a Jew is. So me, I was brought up from. What can I do? You know why I'm from? Well, because I have to be pretty brave to not be from. That's why. Because I had to escape my community, run away from my family, etc., to be not from. This guy did everything to be religious. Note in Jewish people when you see them, take a look and hone in on an incredible quality that Jews have. Jews have an neshama. You want to know proof of Jews? What Jews is? Proof is 70 years of communism, that's three generations, give or take. And a guy walks out, the second you tell him about Yom Kippur, what does he do? Or well, another case, I was sitting with a bunch of people at Shevabrach in my house, a bunch of Russians at the time. And I said, uh, I said to one guy, I said, you know, how does a secular Jew, you were totally secular, how did you suddenly become from, the guy became from, a Russian guy? He said, I don't know what you're talking about. I was never secular. I just didn't know. The second I was told about it, I jumped in. You see the power of what it means to be Jewish? When you're from, you don't always get to see that power. When you see someone who became from, oh, you'll see that power. It's unbelievable. In other words, you have to find the Jewish soul. So here's the point, wrapping up for today's discussion, is that 
There is something to be said about being Jewish and being a chosen nation. It's incredible, it's powerful. It means you have to be very full of pride of what you are, but ever, ever don't ever translate that into being rude to someone else. You look at the other person, you pick yourself up, you don't put them down. We're not racist. Racist means the other guy is lower. You say to the other guy, what's the ultimate of what a human being can be? That's what I regard you as with the utmost respect. And what am I? I am a child of Hashem. That's what I am. And translate that into understanding other Jews. Other Jews who are not like you. So learn to understand there's other cultures. And it's actually quite incredible to learn about the other cultures. You don't need to become it necessarily. But it's great to know about other types of, of, of Jews. When it comes to a non-from Jew, train your eye to study and to understand what a Jew is. Find the Jew in the Jew, and you'll see that's your power. Meaning, when you are proud of your own Jewishness, you will discover the Jewishness in others, and you'll be able to draw them this way. If you respect them, you'll discover more Jewishness in them and more connection to you. you, can do it. Thank you.